Welcome to Transcend into Wellness, where every week we chat about all things energy, spirituality, human design, and manifestation. I'm your host, Minu, and I'm a transformational life coach and energy healer. I'll be educating you on overcoming your fears, self-limiting beliefs, and raising your vibration so that you may achieve lasting peace and happiness. Welcome back into this new episode and Transcend into Wellness. I also have a very special guest, Jonna, who is also a podcast host of Babbles Nonsense. Welcome, Jonna. Hi, so glad to be here. Me too. And we have a really very, very interesting hot topic, which is the hot topic for God knows how long. It's talking about relationships. (laughs) So we are here to talk about how we pick partners based on our childhood. So that's why the episode is called Soulmate or Trauma Mate. (laughs) Right. And so I'm also going to post this, guys, to my podcast because Minu obviously has transformed my life. She has been such an inspiration. And I tell, literally, I tell all my friends about Minu. So Minu had this great idea. She was like, why don't we do like a series of podcasts and I can kind of coach through the podcast. So I went to my friends and I was like, what are y'all's burning questions? And here they are for y'all. She's going to coach you through this podcast. So I'm super excited about that. Yes, I love it. And, and, you know, like Jonna, you've been a client, but I really do see you as a friend too, because Same. you are just amazing. Like, and, you know, she has this podcast, guys, and she talks about everything in her podcast. And, <laughs> and I told you, you have a podcast voice, so you should, you know, do more of that. So, anyway. <laughs> well, I, I sound a little nasally right now because I have sinuses, <laughs> if you couldn't hear. So, if y'all hear me, yeah, it's gross. But, anyways, I got sinuses going on, visited Nashville last week in your neck of the woods. And came back with a sinus infection. I mean, everybody has sinus infection right now. So everybody is actually sick. Even if you guys can hear it in my voice, it's my, my voice was practically gone this morning, but I got it. Oh no. Yeah. So (laughs) anyway, coming back to this really hot topic, which is soulmate or trauma mate. And obviously, you know, this is sensitive to some people that actually believe, okay, there is one soulmate out there for me. And, you know, this person has to have this qualities and this qualities and these qualities. But then when we are actually looking at finding potential partners, we almost don't recognize that we are repeating a childhood pattern, especially if you're listening to this and you haven't like done the work to recognize your own childhood patterns, you may gravitate towards finding a partner that relates to your childhood. Right. I mean, and Jonna, you can, you know, share as much as you want, you know, to understand this more in depth. (laughs) Well, that resonates with me just because obviously I came to you initially because I was repeating the same pattern over and over in men, like picking certain men. And I couldn't figure out why. Like I knew I was doing it, but I couldn't figure out why. So that's where you came in to help me figure out the why. And I know that we both discovered, which I kind of knew this. I just needed you to tell me, I think, that I kind of go towards the chaos because my childhood was so chaotic. So when it's not chaotic, it feels abnormal. And I know I've said this, like when I've dated certain guys, I'm like, this is boring. This is, why is this so boring? And you're like, it's not boring. It's actually normal. And I was like, oh, well, okay. (laughs) Because it feels boring. Um, And so I kind of gravitate toward men that are a little bit more chaotic, if you will, because that creates that. That's what I'm comfortable with, I think. Right. Because it was so familiar. It was it was your your version of normal because you had a chaotic home and a chaotic childhood. So obviously you thought that was okay. And then until you realized that actually didn't bring you joy, didn't help you grow, it didn't actually help you become a better person. So you're like, no, something is off here. (laughs) Right, right. And that's why I was like, okay, who can help me? Me and you. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, this is a very like sensitive topic, like I said, because trauma is very personal. It's like each person has, you know, different traumas and they have their layers of pain associated with the trauma and the story of the trauma. But the one thing which I've noticed with trauma is that it sneaks up on you if you have not done the healing. If you have not done the work, you start making unconscious choices based on similar patterns that was exposed to you when you were just a child. 
That makes, I mean, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, just a small like example, even though I am in the middle of doing the work with you, like I told you in our session this past week that I had came home from Nashville and literally just had a meltdown and started crying. And I, and I kept, I was like, I don't know why I'm crying. And it was just a lot of things at one time. So even though that wasn't about a relationship, it was just a lot of work being busy and things like that. It just kept building and building and building until something finally broke it. And I just started massively crying and called my friend and was like, I hate everything. (laughs) So that, that does resonate. And yeah. So (laughs) no, I get it. And in terms of like choosing partners, it's like, whether you're a male or a female listening to this episode, you know, it's going to be very fascinating to you. And if you have done the work, of course, I know that you consciously chosen your partner, but if you've not done the work and you're trying to date or you've chosen a partner, I just want to, you know, like invite you to take a look at the choice and ask, okay, is this choice based out of freedom? Is this choice based out of love? Is this choice based out of like me thinking and taking time and making a reformed decision? Or is it based on a pattern of trauma or based on comfort? Because the thing is, comfort can also be trauma and trauma can also show up as comfort because you're familiar with it. So instead of choosing something healthy, what I've noticed with people is they choose something they're comfortable with because it's familiar for them because they're exposed to that. Does that make sense? Yeah. So like, if you're like, if someone is listening to this and they're, they're like, yeah, I like, even if it's a good thing or something like that, or they're questioning the relationship, what's some steps that you would tell them? Like, here's some steps you can kind of evaluate your relationship by asking yourself, like, let's say five questions or whatever you like, how would you tell someone if you're coaching them? Like, here's how, you know, if you're doing this out of comfort versus if you're doing this out of fear or whatever it is. Right. I think that's a really great question. I think with anybody, the, the not, yeah, we can get into the five things, but the one most important thing I'll say is do the work. It's like <laughs> do the work and find out your own triggers, find out your own insecurities and work on healing your triggers and your insecurities because, and we've talked about manifestation a bunch of times in so many episodes, you manifest what you are. You don't manifest what you want. Your current vibration will pull in another partner of the current vibration. You know, it's like, so it's, you have to ask yourself, what is my current vibration? Like, am I feeling that I'm not good enough? Am I feeling that I'm not pretty enough? Am I feeling that I'm not confident enough? Because the partner that we pick unconsciously will reflect our own insecurities if am I, if yeah. because that's the biggest culprit like it's so easy for us to sit here and be like okay she's toxic they're toxic yada 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 I mean are you toxic <laughs> <laughs> well I was about to say I feel like I know we throw that around a lot like he's toxic or whatever or she's toxic and I'm like we all at the end of the day some of us all have toxic traits like we just do and then they come out and they're not the you're obviously when you're fighting with someone, you're not your best self and things like that. So if I'm coming to you and I'm like, you know, me and you like, I like, that's what, so that's what it was when I came to you. I was very not confident. I was like very insecure and you had to tell me like with the guys that I was dating, you're like, Hey, you're coming across very needy. And I was like, well, what do you mean by that? I was like, I don't need anything from anybody. I was like, I don't feel like I'm needy at all. You were like, you're not necessarily quote, quote, I need you to do this, like come hang out with me, but your energy is needy energy. And I was like, oh, and that had to like resonate with me because I was like, I don't consider myself a needy person. I contend to myself. I can sit here by myself. (laughs) I don't need anyone sitting here with me all the time. And then you had to explain it to me as what you just said, that vibration that you are putting out to the universe. And that's what you are attracting. So you're repelling everybody with your needy energy. And I was like, oh, makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So it's it's almost like you can make a list. You can like take a piece of paper. And this is something, you know, I actually have people do. So this is to answer your question. This is an exercise that I've had people do is take a piece of paper and then write down 20 things that you really want in a potential partner, whether you're a male or female listening to this, 20 things saying, I desire one, two, three, four, and you know how this goes. 
And I really want you to like, look at that piece of paper after you've written that list down and ask yourself, like, do you have all of the 20 characteristics? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, oh. it, it, it's almost like, oh, I want somebody that's like really healthy and works out. Okay, so are you working out? Are you really healthy? Okay, I want somebody with great emotional intelligence. Okay, great. It's okay to want it. It's a great wish to have on the paper. Are you doing the work to be emotionally intelligent? You know, I want people with great family values. Great. Do you have great family values? So it's okay. just putting it down there. It just, what it does is it, it, it kind of like almost like unlocks self-awareness to a greater extent. And instead of being in that blame cycle and saying, okay, they're toxic, they're this and this and that, we make like a vibrational shift within ourselves when we start doing the work and we try to be those 20 things instead of chase those 20 things. Because when you are those 20 things, guess what happens? You automatically attract somebody that has a similar vibration. No, that's really deep. And I like that you said that because I know we talked about it, but that just kind of, I was sitting here thinking going, okay, that makes a lot of sense. And even though I didn't, we didn't, I don't, we did an exercise similar to this, but not exactly this. And I'm kind of thinking back and I'm like, even though we didn't do this exact exercise and I didn't feel when my vibration shifted, but you have noticed it. Oh yeah. And I was just like, you know, and I was just like, and I think that's just something also to be said, like you can do these exercises and you may not instantly feel a difference in change because I did it until you pointed it out. And I was like, oh yeah, I guess I have changed. (laughs) right cool 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 cool. absolutely you went from giving like way too many f's to like (laughs) not giving an f it's like that was a big change you know I was like yeah yeah really doesn't care that's (laughs) well see I used to say I never cared but deep down it was that overly sensitive I care so much that this is hurting me like putting on that persona of Billy Badass over here like I don't care I don't care but you really do but now I'm like no I really don't care like I care about people and I care about their feelings, but it's like, when it comes down to the end of the day, it's like, do I care how I acted? Do I care how I responded? And it's more of, can I lay down at night and feel comfortable with who I am? Yes, I can. So I don't care. No, absolutely. I think you're totally right. And it's also almost like when you, you're not conscious of your insecurities and your own toxic patterns, you do end up manifesting a trauma bond, you know, like they say soulmate or trauma mate, you do end up manifesting a trauma mate because now they are reflecting all your insecurities back to you. And they're also reflecting a lot of childhood patterns that you had. So even though it's toxic and the, the, the worst part about it is a lot of people know that it's toxic and don't know how to get out or don't want to get out because it's familiar. Trauma right. is familiar. Trauma is tricky like that. If it's familiar, people will actually stay. It's almost like the known um devil is better than the unknown angel or something. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah. People are really afraid of the unknown that they may as well like stick it out with the trauma and see how far it goes. And they keep trying to fix each other, you know, because it's like they, both, both of them are not happy with each other. So it's a complete <laughs> trauma bond, you know? Now, will you explain what a trauma bond is? Like, what you would consider it. Like, I know you kind of mentioned it earlier, but for people who are listening, like I've heard that term on TV shows and things like that. And I kind of think I know what it means, but what do you like actually say it is? Yeah. So it can, it can have many definitions. I think one example that I can give is let's say somebody grew up, you know, somebody grew up with a very absent father, or let's say the mother was like hyper independent. The dad was like never there. And let's say it's a woman I'm talking about, right? So the dad is never there. So it's like, what happens is when they grow up with a hyperactive mother who was supposed to be or was in the masculine, what happens is they end up being very much in the masculine. And then they grow up and they unconsciously attract a person that is emotionally unavailable because they never had emotional availability in the childhood, Oh my God, you're talking about me. <laughs> why did this, why is everything clicking every time we podcast? I'm sitting here going, like every single time we podcast, I'm sitting here going, oh my God, that's me. Oh my God. <laughs> I promise I'm not talking about you. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just saying like, oh my God, is that literally is me though? Like, because we have talked about this, like you, like me being overly in my masculine, mm-hmm. um, 
what's it called? Aura, I guess, because and that's something I do want you to kind of explain as well, because people think, oh, I'm not masculine. I'm very feminine. I wear dresses. I do this. But she's talking about energy. There's masculine and feminine energy. That's and right. I come more into the masculine energy because I do say, I got this. I can do this on my own. Mm-hmm. I don't need anybody to do anything for me. And right. that has made me attract overly feminine men. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Because it's the opposite that, you know, it's like, it's like, a, it's like a completion and it's almost like, because you are exhibiting so much masculine traits, you know, it's difficult for you to step into your feminine. Right. Because you, you have that lack of trust, you know, and you, you've had that fundamentally like established in your childhood that, okay, you have to take care of yourself. Right. And so then with, the, with me being the example working with you when I'm like, but I really want a masculine man. I want someone to take charge. I want them to do this. And you're like, well, that's never going to happen until <laughs> until you allow that energy into your space. So that's what me and me and you have been working on. So that's why we wanted to do this podcast a lot for people who are having these similar issues. Right. Absolutely. And it's almost like people say that people always say, oh, I want to step into my feminine. And, you know, and some people say, I want to step into my masculine. But the real question is, can you let go of that control? Because it's like, do you really want to step into the feminine or masculine? Because the thing is, like, like you said, Jonna, like masculine and feminine energy, men and women have, like there are some women that are very masculine and they have that hyper-independence, like I got this shit done kind of energy. And the thing is, some of them are happy with it. Some of them are not happy with it. So I think it's not this or that. It's not all or nothing. It's not like, oh, all women have to be feminine and all men have to be masculine. It's not even that. It's like, does that feel in alignment with you? That's it. Does it feel like it is who you are? Does it feel good when you do those things? For example, like I can even explain it. Like I'm a little more masculine, you know, as a person, like I have, I have a lot of feminine traits, but I feel like when it comes to business and when it comes to these things, I'm a little more leaning into the masculine. So it's like, I'm okay with that. I'm happy with that. Does that make sense? So I think if, if you are like listening to this and if you've identified whether you're in the masculine or feminine, like it's okay. Like ask yourself, like, am I happy being in this position in my life? Am I happy to be whatever I am? Right. And I was struggling because I don't know that I am happy with my masculine <laughs> energy. I mean, I am, but I'm not because I want someone, cause I'm also very indecisive and I want someone to tell me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> but now going back to, like you said, from the childhood and you were given that example before I rudely interrupted you, which I usually do. Um, <laughs> you were saying that like if they had that over like the mom that was over masculine and doing everything and the absent father, which was honestly my childhood to a T. So that would explain why in my adulthood, I took on that masculine trait as well. And, and I'm okay if a man is not there and they're in and out of my life. Right. Because you're used to inconsistency. You're used to the fact that you didn't have stability and it's interesting because consciously you don't want that. It's it's a shit show, right? It's like right now it's just like so unstable. You don't want that consciously, but your subconscious is familiar with that unconscious pattern. Like it's it's you know whatever you had in childhood, the subconscious is comfortable with that. So if you're not aware and you don't heal that and welcome, like I said, welcome the newness, then it keeps repeating. And I think you know you're very conscious, so obviously you have taken a lot of steps, but people that are listening, you know, if you haven't done the work, I I really invite you to like, start with that list, you know, like, what do I really desire in a partner and then start writing it down and really do some self reflection and ask like, am I all of these 20 things? And even if you are all of these 20 things, ask yourself, can I let go of control and invite a person into my energy, into my life, to take care of me and give me those 20 things. Because this is the thing, and we've talked about it. Love is not just giving. Love is receiving too. Yeah. And that's that's the difficult part. Like how do you, if like from my childhood, if I was not used to receiving love, and I think that's where the uncomfortability, I don't know if that's a word, but that's where it becomes uncomfortable for me is when people do show that they like me back. Mm-hmm. Then I want to, I'm in my brain, I'm like, no, you don't. No, you don't like what's wrong. What, when is the shoe going to fall? When we like, what, when is this going to go wrong? Because why would you, why would you like me? Right. 
right because exactly. I'm used to chasing and mm-hmm. doing all that so when it when it is reciprocated it feels very uncomfortable and then usually in the past before I've done the work with you and that before I knew before I became conscious of it I would literally be like I don't think I like you anymore mm. you know yeah and it's also a fear of you know it's, it's a fear of rejection right it's like I reject you before you reject me yeah, it's it's almost like that because it's like if if they they leave at some point for whatever reason it hurts more and it's a lack of control so it's all like I said it's some lot of things revolve around control it's like okay I'm gonna say no already like before you tell me no. So do you work with any clients that have had a pretty normal childhood like quote unquote whatever normal is and they actually have like stable parents and did they have issues? in relationships as much as like, I guess you've worked with me. Oh yeah, absolutely. And yeah, the thing is the ratio is lower. Let let me just be honest. The ratio is a lot lower compared to, okay, like a a household which has like both parents, right? Both healthy parents. But I have seen a few people that have had healthy childhood, healthy parents. And, you know, for them, you have to ask, and if they end up like choosing a partner, which is not in the highest and best good, you know, they have to ask, okay, what is the cultural programming? You know, what is the societal programming? So, you know, what do they think an ideal relationship is? So it also, apart from childhood, there are other factors. Damn, we're doomed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, hey, you know, people will are doing so many things to like find a people are spending crazy amount of money to you know on dating apps and this and you know like all these things to find the one it's like always the hot topic you know because people think it's like that so that's another thing right you have to really ask yourself like if you're listening to this whoever you are and you've had a healthy example model to you in childhood but you are still consciously uh, or unconsciously choosing difficult partners then ask yourself what is your makeup of a relationship? Like, what do you have in your mind, which you think is an ideal relationship? Or where have you been programmed? Have you been programmed by your friends to think a certain way and want certain things? Have you been programmed by society? Because society definitely makes it very difficult. (laughs) I love that you just said that because like, even when I have like figured out what I wanted, like working with you, like me and you, cause you were like, for the longest time, what do you want? And I'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> and it took a long time to like figure out. And I was like, there was a lot of societal programming because I don't know that I want a traditional relationship where you get married and live in the same house. Like I've toyed with the idea of being like, you know what? I think I would be okay having a partner, not getting married, living separately, but still having that because to me, what I want is a built-in best friend. I want someone I can go to. I can literally confide in anything with that to me is the most important, but for the longest time, I think I always knew that. Mm -hmm. I think for the longest time, you know, how I grew up, I was like, it doesn't exist. And then I also like society was like, well, that's no, you're supposed to live together. You're supposed to get married. You're supposed to have children. So I'm glad you said that because I don't even think I thought about the societal programming. Oh, societal programming is huge. It literally screws you up, especially if you've consumed all these movies when you're growing up, you know, the way they show the men as like a savior. Oh, come and like save me from this like unfortunate situation. Oh, I'm going to find the one, the knight in the knight in shining armor that comes in the white horse to like come and save me. So it's almost like the societal programming is very much like you are not complete without a partner. Right, right. The societal programming. If you're single, it's like, oh, poor you. Even if you're no, for real. And I'm from a very small town, so like, used I used to when I would go home and get my hair cut, like to visit with my parents and things like that. I was constantly asked, not so much anymore, Mm -hmm. but constantly asked, like, why aren't you dating? Or how's it? Like, how's the dating scene? Or like do you think you're going to have kids anytime soon? Because obviously I'm now 36, just had a birthday. I don't want children. I'm right. I, I love children. I just don't want any of my own. Right. And that's been a whole thing. Like it's not so much here now that I'm in Huntsville and living in a bigger city, but when I would go back home, it would be like, come on, you don't want to give us any grandchildren. You don't, you know, like very small town 
societal bullshit. <laughs> right. Absolutely. So, you know, it's so interesting because for a long time, I used to be mad at those things. I would be like, why do people have to ask? And why are they doing this? And then, you know, after a lot of reflection and talking to many people, and of course, like years of coaching, what I've realized is people are conditioned too. Yeah. Like if, if your mother is telling you to have kids and be married or whatever, whatever, she was told that that was the right thing to do. So she was conditioned and then her mother was conditioned. So it's like everybody is conditioned to believe that one way is the right way. And because I, of that mentality, they end up suffering because they think that, oh, everybody is like cut out to be married and cut out to have children. And, you know, if you're a woman, you have to have this. And if you're a man, you have to have this. But it's not like that. I think a lot of freedom comes when you can completely, like I said, doing the work, understanding what you want unapologetically, because the thing is, you can say what you want, but if you have a lot of shame, then it's difficult to get it. Yes. You know, and I have a lot of people, you know, with, with us, I know it was difficult to even get to this phase of like, what do I want? But I have <laughs> a lot of clients, believe it or not, they know what they want. But there is a lot of shame. There is a lot of judgment. There is a lot of like doubts in what they want. So because of the doubts, they unconsciously end up manifesting something else because they are not opening themselves to receive what's available. Now, if someone like you, when you say do the work, like that can mean anything. Like when you say do the work, what would your ideal, if you, if you could give this to everybody, what would your ideal do the work be for everybody? Right. So the ideal, obviously to work with you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the ideal do the work is, is really going to be like, stop listening to people that don't have the life you desire. You know, that was probably one of the biggest pieces of advice you gave me. (laughs) You said, stop listening to people if you don't want their life. And I was like, oh, damn, good point. (laughs) (laughs) Because the thing is, you know, like we automatically tend to do that because we want guidance. But when we listen to the wrong people, we try to believe in their truth and force ourselves to live that life, which is living in misalignment. Right. It's not living in true alignment. So if if there is somebody like, for example, if you are somebody listening to this episode and you're having a difficult time finding a partner, look around you and look at your friends, look at your circle and ask who amongst your friends has a healthy partner, healthy relationship, like a healthy dynamic. And then maybe taking advice from them or taking guidance from them, you know, if you're called to do it. But what I would say is if you want an unbiased opinion, unbiased advice, like you don't want it to be tainted by anything or any experience, work with a professional, work with a professional. If you're working with a therapist, please choose a good therapist, right? A therapist that will also give you additional tools to like move through the trauma, you know? And if you're working with a life coach or an energy healer like me, like if you're not in the area or you want to find somebody else, make sure they know what they're talking about. Make sure they know how to do shadow work because that is the main clearing that you need to do in order to rewire your mind from the trauma into freedom, into welcoming newness. Otherwise, you're going to keep attracting similar patterns. So how, what would you say if someone was listening to this and they're like rolling their eyes at the podcast or they're like, (laughs) this is too woo woo or whatever, like, and they, but they know they have an issue because I think I used to do this. Like I would be like, whatever, like, you know, and is there anything that could get them to look inward or is that more of a, like, it won't happen until they're ready? Yeah. You already know what I'm going to say. Yeah. I will just say that you don't want it enough. I am sorry if I'm calling anyone out and I'm triggering someone, but you don't want it bad enough. You don't want bad enough. You have to have a desire, a very strong desire to change your life. You have to have a very strong desire to heal from your trauma. Unless you have that, you're not going to show up and do the work because the work is not a bed of roses. You know that it's not a bed of roses. It is deep, dark shadow work, but it will change your life. It will change your confidence. It will alter your course of thinking. It will alter your choices. It will change your manifestation game, but you got to, you got to want it. (laughs) You got to want it. 
And I agree because I know that I had reached out to you, I think the year before I started working with you and I was on the fence, I was teetering. I was like, you know, I, you know, I, I know I need to do this, but I don't know. It's a lot of money. I don't know. And then this past year, I was like, nope, fuck it. I don't care how much it is. Let's do the damn thing. Yeah. Exactly. I was like, I'm ready to be different. I'm tired. I've done the same thing over and over and over for obviously 35 years. It's not working. I need someone to like, I need to be different. I'm tired of who I am. I'm tired of what I'm doing. Right. And I think, you know, it's really interesting. You say that it's almost a process of ego death because it's as, as human beings, and I'm not calling anyone out. I've been there too. Like very being very open and vulnerable is that you want to believe that, you know, everything you Mm -hmm. want to believe that, you know, significant amount of things in life where you can just do it all on your own. But just look at your life. If you're not happy with it, then doing the same things and expecting a different outcome is insanity. (laughs) (laughs) Right? It's like, just look at your life. I actually had uh, somebody come and tell me recently, they were like, um, what did they say? They were like, oh, is there any other different things that you teach apart from what you teach? Because I think I want something different. It's it's very out of my comfort zone. And I'm used to like doing things a certain way. I said, okay, can I just ask you one question? How is that working for you? Doing things the same way that is in your comfort. How is that working for you? Mm-hmm. That's it. it's just it's just a little humility it's just a little bit of an ego death it's like you have to you know want to grow in a way and be humble enough to say that okay I've consumed enough information I've listened to a bunch of podcasts you know I've seen enough people and I don't know enough and I want to know more you know I think just but humility will will take you a long way. <laughs> and I also think that sometimes maybe people are scared going, but I don't want to be different. Like I like who I am. I just don't like these different, like these aspects of myself. And that's something that finally clicked with me. Cause I've worked with you gosh for six months, months. I think yeah. Yeah, six, going months. on. Yeah. Going on six. <laughs> yeah. It's been, I think it's going on six months. And I think like something that had to click for me, I was so, I remember like when I would start reverting back to old patterns or things or the old feelings would creep back in and I would be so shame, like feel, feel that shame and be like, but I've done all this work. Why am I not feeling different a hundred percent of the time? And you were like, that's still there. Yeah. You're still who you are. Mm -hmm. You now just have the tools to navigate it better. Yeah. and, And that's something that just took me a long time because I would get so hard on myself when I would revert back to old patterns and be like, I've done this work with me and you, why is it still coming up for me? Right. And that's something that I really want to touch base on too, because it's like, remember, if you've had a trauma for 36 years, right? 36 years versus six months or three months and the thing is like you did make significant progress but yes there there were times when you know it it creeped in it just creeped in because this is the thing it's like when you've had trauma for such a long time you end up having a relationship with the trauma yeah even though you hate it even though you know it's toxic you end up relating and having a relationship with the trauma so now it's a breakup between you and the trauma So obviously we all know what happens during a breakup. It's like you break up, you do great. And then you're like, oh, maybe he wasn't that bad. (laughs) You know, (laughs) thing with trauma. It's like it sneaks up on you a little bit to like test you to see, okay, are we still wanting to go back to the old ways or are we like sticking to the new ways, which is still uncomfortable, but it's also helping me grow and it's also helping me change. Like, which way do I go? So sometimes it is like being pulled in both directions. That's why I keep saying you have to really want it. Because and if you want it, the, because it's going to test you. Life will test you. Yes. Yeah. So, and like, and it's funny because, you know, even though I came to you initially to talk about like relationship, like romantic relationships and heal that part of me, obviously had to do the work about healing my, healing my childhood trauma, which I did an episode not too long ago about that childhood trauma. And I, like you had inspired me to like talk about it. And just talking about like my absent father, you know, me and my mom having an estranged relationship and then my sister's verbally and physical abuse that she endured on me. And it's funny because life, like you said, it's like a cycle. So you're going to learn the lesson and or it's going to keep coming up until you learn the lesson. So another incident happened with, you know, me and my mom and me and my sister. 
But I, th- what was different this time was instead of feeling that guilt, because sometimes it is a guilt because it's your parents or it's your, it's your siblings. So mm-hmm. you're like, I can't just cut them off. I can't just do that. But, but I did. Mm-hmm. And even though that was hard and I was like, you know, am I going to regret this? And I did question it in my mind. It did benefit me because now me and my mom have a better relationship because I don't feel so agitated when she does reach out to me. Like I remember telling you in some of our sessions, like I was like, whenever my mom reach, reaches out to me, I just want to roll my eyes. And I just, you know, it really irritates me, but we finally, she finally had a hard conversation with me and we obviously had to work on that relationship. And obviously it's not roses and it's not 180 change, but it is much better. Right Now me and my sister, I still keep that distance because that has not been healed. That conversation has not been had, but I no longer feel that guilt and that shame towards it just because it's family. Right, exactly. So I think it's almost like recognizing that, okay, even if people are close to us, toxic is toxic. You know, it's just just plain toxic. So, you know, and and I know we're talking about a lot of things here because even though like John is talking about her mother and her sister, it's all a bond, like how you have with your boyfriend or a significant other, it's all a trauma bond, you know? So it's, it's almost like you have to ask yourself, okay, do I deserve to feel happy? And that's a whole other episode by itself. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You know, do I deserve to have these 20 things that I've listed in the notes? Am I capable of holding space for all of it? And when I'm working on myself, if trauma knocks my door, am I saying no every time? Yeah. Because that's the biggest thing. It's like first a big round of healing happens and then it starts sneaking up. I've seen this pattern with many people, including myself. It sneaks up and it says, let's just go back to old ways because it's just so comfortable. Even though it was like miserable, it was like easy. And then you just have to say no every single time. And then the more you say no, then you start disassociating from the old self, which is where the magic happens. (laughs) Yep. And it's, I mean, it's a lot of work to get there. And like, like you said, it's not easy. It's not, I mean, I didn't feel great not speaking to my parents or my sister. Like that wasn't something I was like, oh yeah, I just don't have to talk to her. Like it was a hard thing to do, Mm -hmm. but I'm glad that I did because I no longer, when my mom texts me, roll, roll my eyes at her, like at the text message. And I actually called her like to vent about something like before I got on this podcast with you. And that's something I typically wouldn't do. I would just call my aunt yeah. and vent to her. Exactly. And that's what I mean when I say you've made some difficult choices, even though making these difficult choices didn't come so easy. You made the difficult choices because you want a better life. So that's what I mean when I when I keep saying it's like, you just have to want it. So if right. you're listening to this and you know you want a better life, then don't repeat the same things. Don't live the same life and experience a different outcome. Look at alternative approaches and heal yourself. You know, everything starts with you. Now, what would you say if someone's driving down the road, listening to this podcast and they're like, no, I want it. I really want it. Everything you're saying is resonating with me. I would love to work with you, but I can't afford it. Listen to the podcast. (laughs) There is so much free content I put out. There's so much free content that Jana and Babbles Nonsense, she has so many podcasts and she's been doing it for way longer than I have. You know, consume content that will help you. Follow people that are in your path and help you. Read books, do self-help work until you can afford. I have had clients that have said the same things and have made it work and they've come and worked with me. And this has happened from time to time to time. I'm not going anywhere. The other life coaches and energy healers aren't going anywhere. Like, you know, we're, we're going to be here wanting to help people and shift into a better, better state of mind or better life. So you have to ask yourself, like before even I got into the work and I worked with my coach for shadow work and things like that, which I did for with her for like six months. So before I did that and I couldn't afford that because, you know, it was very expensive at that time. So I delved, I just literally read so many books podcasts, books, content. I consumed everything because I was ready. So really just be ready. Just be, you know, humility, humble enough to say that I know enough, but I don't know that much and I'm ready to learn more. And I mean, we're, I feel like 
and this is something like I will give myself credit for, and I don't give myself a lot of credit for a lot of things, but I do like, I'm obviously stubborn and I sometimes in my friends who may be listening to this will be like, no, John, okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I know that I can be stubborn and I know that sometimes I'm like, no, it's this way or that way. But I know that when I go home and truly reflect on something, I can actually see it from someone else's perspective and be like, you know, actually I can see why they're mad at me or I can see why they got upset. I did sound a little rude here. I did do that. And that's something that I think that a lot of people are missing. And I think there's a piece in that when you're ready, like I think that's growing. And I think if more people were self-reflective and Mm -hmm. could go, you know, let me try to see it from their point of view. Yes. The world would be a better place. (laughs) Oh, 1000%. Absolutely. And I know like we are talking about something and especially if you haven't done like energy work and coaching, I know that this is going to sound like, you know, totally different, like what me and John are talking about, but explore it. What do you know? What are you going to lose? You're not going to lose that much. Right. Like in a grand scheme of things on how long life is, a little bit of investment in yourself is not a loss. Because at the end of the day, you are investing in yourself. (laughs) No, I agree. And that's something that I had to come to terms with. Like, even though when I was ready, I was like, I don't care how much it costs. Because I was just in a, you know, in a place where I was like, I'm just tired of all the drama that's surrounding me. But I also, like you, you even said this and it's true. Like, I think that when you are ready and you put out that energy of being ready, I think the universe does make space for that. And the money comes back. Yes. And it's interesting. You say universe makes space. It is the same thing for a partner. Yeah, it really is. It's like the more tight you hold on to your trauma, you know, it's, it's almost like you're not making space for that new energy to come in. It's almost like, and I hate to say this because I'm not a judgmental person. And, you know, if I'm offending anyone, I apologize in advance. It's like literally waiting for the Mr. Right, let's say, and you're talking to five other men that are not Mr. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, because maybe you don't want to be alone or, you know, maybe you don't have the patience or maybe you don't believe that Mr. Right will come. So my question is, where is the space? Where is the space for Mr. Right? I remember having this conversation with you because I was like, good guys don't exist. Like, come on me. And you were like, that's not true I work with a lot of wonderful men and I was like where are they where are they I was like because they come in my way and you were like are you making space and I was like well of course and you're like no you're not because you're saying there's no available men Mm -hmm. and I was like but there's not and you were like okay well until you think there are Mm -hmm. there's not gonna be and I was like but that's the hard part right like that's the hard part shifting that mindset to change what you're thinking because that's what you know Right. So this is a great subject. I'm so glad you brought it up. Basically, and I know we started talking about soulmates and all that, but this is going to tie into it. It's basically the mindset of scarcity versus the mindset of abundance, right? That's all it is. Like, for example, like I'm an entrepreneur. And if I go into business saying, oh, there are, I don't know, 74 other life coaches in Nashville, who's going to come and see me? Mm -hmm. Scarcity mindset. Yeah. Scarcity. But if I say, gosh, there are so many people in the world and there are life coaches for everyone and everybody has someone and it is so abundant because there's so many freaking people in the world, I'm already in an abundance mindset. Well, and I think you even gave me the example of, Jonna, how many red cars did you see driving to work today? And I was like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And then you were like, but tomorrow, if I ask you that, you're going to say you saw 10. Because you were looking for it and you were aware of it versus you're walking blindly, not like not saying to go out here and look for a partner, but you're more aware of like, like you said, the list, you know what you want, you know what you need. Right. And it's so interesting you brought it up. So anybody that's listening, like this is a great reflection for you all to ask, where are the blinders on? Because if you are saying, for example, if you have a belief system saying good men don't exist, that's one belief, right? Or you can say the right man will never find me, belief number two. (laughs) Or you can say, oh, I'm unhealthy, so I don't know if I can attract a healthy man, belief number three. So whatever the story is, all the stories, all the beliefs, right? Those are all blocking the partners from coming in. 
because when you're going into a room, what do people see? Yeah, people see how you look, people see how pretty you are or how handsome you are, whatever. But what do people feel and see the first is your energy. That's true. You they don't... I've been around people where I'm just like, oh man, I'm so anxious around you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like almost like energy is so contagious. Like if a confident person walks in a room, people can feel that radiance. If a person that's even beautiful, but not confident, but mad or angry walks into a room, you can feel their energy. When a serial killer walks in the room, (laughs) you can feel that energy. You're all scared of them. (laughs) I mean, sometimes they disguise themselves, but hey, I'm with you on that. You know, it's, it's energy is so contagious. So it's like, ask yourself, what is your dominant energy? What are you wanting to see? Are you wanting to see the world with the lens of abundance? Oh, wow. There are enough men and women out there for me. And there are so many of them that are healthy and beautiful and amazing and conscious that are out there for me. If you look at it in that lens, then you're eventually going to find them, you know, Mm -hmm. and you don't even have to go desperately in search of it, need it, you know, none of that. If you just open that, like open that part of the mind and say, I'm ready to see that. And tying that back into the trauma, your belief system comes from the trauma. Exactly. So whatever you believe. Full circle. Yeah, full circle, full circle. So my invitation to you when you're listening to this is really examine what is that belief? What are, if you're having a difficult time dating or finding someone right now, what is your belief? Are you telling everybody all the time that dating is trash? Are you telling everybody all the time you're calling your best friend and talking to her for hours saying, oh, good men are not going to find me? Because that will become a belief. So be careful in what you ask. Be careful in what you say. Because what you ask and what you say and what you think is what you attract. (laughs) Full circle circle and be careful what you attract. Because I did do this experiment with me and you. And I was like, I will change my belief system. And I was like, okay, I'll keep my, you know, I'll stop being so like there's no good guys or whatever. And then three men messaged me and asked me on a date. None of whom, which I would want to go out with. And you were like, you need to be a little bit more specific in your (laughs) manifestations. Yeah, absolutely. Because if you ask for a person, you know, a person will show up (laughs) asking for a car versus a red car. You know, it's like, oh, I want to go and buy a carton of milk or, oh, do I want 2%? Do I want, you know, vitamin D? Like, what do I want? So get really specific in that list. That's why I'm telling you guys to like make that list because that is going to save you a lot of time. (laughs) I agree. I agree. No, I think this is really good for everyone to listen to, even if they're struggling with dating or anything like that at the moment, just because I think it is more like you could sit here and give any kind of advice all day long, right? Like there's so many pieces of advice you could give. You could say, do this, do this, do this. But the biggest thing is that self-reflection piece. Like if you think that you're fine and you're handy dandy and nothing's wrong with you, you're not ready because no one is perfect. Everyone has something they can self-reflect on and say, I think I'm this way because of this. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like everyone has gone through some type of trauma in their life at some point or another. And if you haven't, I mean, damn, congratulations. (laughs) You know, I don't know that that's a good thing either, but I truly think that there is a lot of depth to people. If they can truly look inward and say, I could improve here. I can see some areas here that could improve because I think we all can improve. I'm not just because I've worked with you does not mean that I'm this perfect soul ready to meet my soulmate and all my trauma is healed. Yeah. Yeah. And anybody, if they say, guys, I'm just saying this as a piece of advice. If anybody's like, Oh, I'm healed and I'm perfect, please run in the other direction. That doesn't they exist. might be a serial killer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that doesn't exist. And it's it's almost like, yes, you may have some things you want to work on and they may have some things, you know, they want to work on. And so asking yourselves that question that can you hold space for each other and heal together and separately? Because it's not everything cannot be done together. So can you do the work separately? Because sometimes I do relationship coaching with couples. And even though I do relationship coaching, I end up seeing each person separately Because each person has their own trauma, you know, that they need to heal and clear. And then the other person has to do it. And then they come together much stronger. So nobody's perfect. You know, like, like I said, if they can own up and say, okay, I have this, but I'm willing to work on this. I'm aware of this. And you can do the same thing. You're already winning because the more and more you get conscious, you make lesser room to repeat unconscious patterns. 
Agreed. Now, do you care if I give you like a few scenarios? Like I know it's kind of hard because everyone's individual, but like just if there's scenarios, what you think may be going on trauma wise. Yeah, of course. Okay. So scenario number one, um, couples married, they've been married for a long time. The wife cheats, um, or the man, whoever man or wife cheats and they don't really feel bad about it. And they, they say, well, I just don't know how to love anyone. Okay. What do you think is going on? Either it be a man or a woman. I mean, I think inherent lack of safety, inherent lack of feeling loved and feeling, um, feeling honestly, feeling desired. <laughs> and so how would that specific person try to heal that and fix themselves with that? Yeah. <clears throat> so the question is, do they want to fix it? Yes. So okay. let's say that all these people want to fix it. All the scenarios that I like, I don't, I'm just making these scenarios up. I don't yeah, even yeah. Know, know anybody going through this. I'm just making shit up off the top of my head. Right, right, right. So Hopefully I, like somebody's out there that may be experiencing this could get some useful information. Right. If, if they're cheating and they don't want to cheat anymore and they want to make it work with their partner, then, you know, obviously counseling is the first step to go about it. And then also understanding why did I do what I do? Because, you know, people cheat and people look outside because, you know, for multiple reasons, of course, it's it's to feel powerful, believe it or not. It's like holding a secret sometimes makes people feel powerful, like they have something big and it makes them feel significant, believe it or not, because their partner is not making them feel significant enough. So suddenly when they're meeting someone else and they're giving them all the attention, they feel like they're on the top of the world and they want to keep that dopamine. Like they want to keep feeling that. So they keep continuing it. So understanding and realizing where there is lack in the relationship, you know, and how they both can sit and fix it and working with a therapist or counselor or a life coach together and separately is what I would say. Okay. The real path for like healing. Okay. Scenario number two, um, this can be the man or the woman they're in a relationship and either the man or the woman, whoever in the scenario, um, or sorry, they're not in a relationship. They want to be in a relationship or maybe they don't want to, they're just hanging out. They're dating. Mm -hmm. And one of them wants to be in a relationship with the other. The other one doesn't want to because they truly enjoy having sex with multiple partners. And they're like, I know myself, I don't want to cheat on you, but I do care about you. Mm -hmm. How would you say that person who needs to have sex with multiple partners, how would they, like, how would they heal or what would you think that they're going through where they can't commit to one and they need to feel desired by multiple people? Yeah, they've probably not had a successful model of monogamy in their life. So really okay. asking them about the childhood, it's like, you know, did you have a healthy concept of monogamy? And did you witness that as a child? Because if they didn't have a healthy example growing up, then they're going to think, okay, it doesn't exist or it's difficult. And they feel more comfortable having multiple partners, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think that would where the societal thing would come in, like where people say like, you know, with, like monogamy is not a thing and like we're humans and it's not supposed to like I don't know I don't know jury's out still there's a lot of research on that about humans and being monogamous and stuff like that mm -hmm. um but then like I've also heard and you can tell me if you think this to be true or not I've also heard like they're very insecure mm -hmm. when they need to have uh, multiple partners and they can't like commit to one person right right absolutely and what I would say to the girl is if you want somebody that is if you want somebody that wants to be in a relationship that's a good fit don't try to make this person into a relationship and which is you know they have this popular saying it's like don't make a hoe a wife it's like yeah. <laughs> you know it's like yep. <laughs> don't end up that process it's like they have to do what they have to do to like go through their own healing process like maybe they have to sleep with multiple people and then maybe they'll realize one day that it's not good enough, but it's their process. Like you're not here to fix anybody. You're not here to change anybody. Like, and that, I think that really boils down to seeing people for who they are. It's like seeing people for who they are and then leaving them alone and you finding what you want and seeing them for who they are. That's, that's very important. Okay. Scenario number three. Um, you have obviously a couple, they're, they're um, in a relationship a long time, years, let's say 10 years. Mm -hmm. um, and one of them wants to get married. The other one is afraid to get married and afraid of commitment. 
and like it's going to ruin the relationship because and usually this is a man like usually the girl's wanting the commitment um and the man's like no it could be vice versa in this day and age so what would you say the problem is with the person who doesn't want to commit and the healing process for them Right. I think it's also unsuccessful model um, in their childhood. I actually know a person like this who's been in a relationship for a very long time and doesn't want to commit to marriage. And, you know, uh, their problem was I don't have a healthy example. Like, for example, like, you know, they didn't have parents that, you know, showed them a healthy model of marriage. And all their friends were married, getting divorced. And then the divorce process was like crazy and nasty. So they have a lot of inherent fear. So really asking them the question, is fear more important than the relationship? Okay. That's the main thing. If they say yes, like, okay, the relationship is more important than the fear and I really want to work on it, then really work on the fear. You know, have them model what a successful relationship can look like and, you know, basically show them that marriage is possible, successful marriage is possible and have them surround themselves where they can witness that example. Because remember what you perceive, you you think it's true for you. So you have to change everything that you see. You have to change what you consume. You have to change who you hang out with. It's energy is contagious. So, you know, okay. hanging out with people that model healthy relationships, healthy marriages, and also doing the inner work and asking, okay, what is my greatest fear? Yeah. Diving down and healing those things, healing those traumas and, you know, enabling new neural pathways to be open for newer experiences is, is the work that I would suggest for them. That's good. Last one I have, what would you say to someone who is kind of very indecisive, like about a partner or someone they're dating, they're very back and forth. They're like, I really like this person. Oh no, I don't. This is no, I don't think I like them. And then I'm like, no, I really think I like them. But it's only when the other person stops giving them like interest. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a trauma bond. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's 1000 percent a trauma bond. So it's like you have to ask yourself when you were growing up, did you have to fight for love? Okay, that is the first question. Did you have to fight to get attention or love? Because if you had to fight to get attention or love, then every time you throw a fit, and or they throw a fit and then you want them more then that's a pattern that you need to heal and and really get conscious and say that it is unhealthy okay it doesn't give you any joy it doesn't bring you closer to your outcome so it is unhealthy so understanding and admitting that it is unhealthy is the first step and then asking what exactly do i desire because right. the thing some people are okay being that way mm-hmm. they're too comfortable and they don't want right to agreed yeah I was just making those up off the top of my head. That's why I kept going, um, (laughs) I was trying to think of like the most scenario things that I've seen on TV or shows or like heard my friends and family talk about like their friends and family going through. Right, right. Exactly. I mean, obviously we're also discussing a lot of like things, you know, anonymously too, because we don't want to give away the identities, but whatever you said, a lot of scenarios I've seen people (laughs) like actively witness it day in and day out. You know, so I think this is this episode, gosh, this covered like so much, Jonna. Like we talked know. energy, we talked about manifestation, we talked about soulmate and trauma bonds. <laughs> and it almost goes by so fast. I look up and I'm like, how has it already been an hour? Like I could literally talk to you all day and night because I just feel like number one, when I get through talking to you, I'm always like, Why do I feel so happy and so nice and so calm? well thank you so much for showing up today and talking about this really important topic and if anybody is listening to this and you've enjoyed this episode please go ahead and give babbles nonsense a really five out of five rating in her podcast she's amazing (laughs) and then if you enjoyed listening to my intake or whatever i have to say feel free to go and give me a rating because we want to keep doing this right i mean we want to right And for my listeners, um, will you tell them your podcast name and where they can find you on Instagram and social? Yes. So my podcast name is Transcend Into Wellness and I'm Transcendence by Minu on Instagram and Jonna follows me. So you all can. Of course. Just go to my friends, (laughs) click on my friends, type in Minu. (laughs) Yes, I'll show up. And everybody that's like listening to this, my audience, like if you 
obviously love Jana's content, you know, go check out Babel's Nonsense. Her podcast is amazing. Oh, well, thank you. That's so sweet. <laughs> well, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in on this super important episode. We want to do a series and we're going to keep doing this. So, you know, if you guys have like any input on what you would like for us to talk about, like if there's anything relationship based or trauma based, bring it on, you know, you can reach out to her on Instagram, you can reach out to me and, you know, tell us basically what you want us to talk about. And we're happy to, you know, talk about it. Yeah. And this also guys, like if you say you can't afford it right now, but you really want to change, this is your opportunity to get free coaching by menu. Like, obviously if you have a specific topic, DM either one of us, and we will try to make this relatable to everybody. We will also keep you anonymous. We will not share your name or anything like that. So definitely write in if you have anything you want us to discuss in the next episode. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Jonna. And thank you everybody for tuning in. I will see you guys really soon. All right. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Transcend Into Wellness podcast. If this episode resonated with you or served you in any way, big or small, make sure to share it on your social media and tag me at Transcendence by Mino. I always love to be a part of any breakthroughs you have. Namaste.